Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline. This is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. So, ladies and gentlemen, our second show where we have a remote uh, guest, which is going to be good because uh, we're about four and a half weeks before we hear on a decision from the Bruin case with the U.S. Supreme Court. Of course, timing and luck is not on our side at the moment for everything that's going on. Uh, Last week's show was a smosh hit with uh, Jay Factor, by the way. Last night, Sandy, I'm leaving the range and these three big kids late teens, early 20s, three giants surround me in the parking lot, and they said, how did Jay do on the show this week? And I'm like, like, "Uh, Jay, he he did great. And, And the oldest one goes, we're his sons. No way, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were coming up here to shoot. And uh, I, I got to tell you something. I shook their hands. I've met a few of them before here with Jay, but now they come up here alone and shoot. They drive like an hour and a half. They they love the range. So my compliments to the chef, Jay, and your wife. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're getting a ton of emails. Like Joey Grimaldi uh, sent an email. They, they were all impressed with the show. Jay is our 2A historian and offering his um all of his uh, studies and expertise to everybody else. Gun people truly are the best people. But now, without further ado, we're going to talk briefly in the beginning of the show about what's going on in New Jersey with the governor. And then we're going to dive deep into the Bruin case by none other than Scott Bach, who is the executive director for the ANJRPC, and as well as a brother NRA board member with me, and uh, who's been uh, leading the charge from behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and the side of the scenes for a long time now. And again, this is the closest we've ever been uh, in New Jersey. So without further ado, Scott Bach, say hello. Hey, guys. Great to be back. And uh, it's a pretty exciting time. Want to talk about Murphy first, Anthony? Yeah, I'd like to talk about this. Murphy's trying to push through. He wants to do an up-and-down vote on all of these uh, gun bills because he's pissed off at us and the gun lobby, and everything that's going on is our fault, obviously, in this bizarro backwards world. Well, here's the thing. This this package that Murphy is pushing right now is the same package he pushed at the end of the last session in December and which the legislature had no appetite for. It's a, a... package of bills that have nothing to do with uh, reducing gun crime but and everything to do with restricting the rights of law-abiding citizens i mean the the stuff in here is the typical laundry list of stuff from gun control central and it's disconnected from new jersey it's disconnected from reality it's all about making honest gun ownership harder this failed to pick up any steam at the end of December when it first came up. And since then, the governor's been looking for any excuse to do a retread on this and drag out this uh, tired, old, antiquated package of do-nothing gun laws except harass law-abiding citizens. That's what the package does. So, Mm -hmm. um, honestly, this... I mean, listen, the dynamic in New Jersey, the reason why, as in past years... All the Dems in the legislature aren't saying, hey, what a great idea. Let's ram this down gun owners' throats is because in the last election, last um, November, 
Democrats were handed their hats. The Republicans didn't take over the legislature, but some some they lost some ground. They lost the, the, the you know the Senate majority leader, and you know Dems are scared right now, so they don't have an appetite for these things. And they've been listening when we, you know, rant and rave and pound our fists. So, you know, there is a little reluctance that the governor's trying to overcome, and so. Listen, just being very blunt about it, anytime there's a tragedy that's in the news, the governor is trying to use that as an excuse to jam this package down our throats. Now, you know, what happened in New York and Texas has absolutely none of the bills in this package would fix or change or would have prevented or even addresses the issue of mental health, which is really what the issue is here. It's all about restricting honest gun owners and not about stopping evil or crazy people with guns. And so it's, you know, it's basically he's looking for any excuse, any reason to try to get momentum for his failed bill package. And he's going to keep coming back with it. He's working behind the scenes. We get, in fact, I got uh, heard about today about some behind the scenes lobbying he's doing among legislators, not of his own party. (laughs) <laughs> which suggests again and confirms that that Dems don't have the stomach for this type of stuff at this time. So, because listen. he's not up for re-election in November, he's not. He's 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 in, and there's a, they're all up for re-election this November. Correct. No, no, correct. Well, not not only, well, in the state house, it's not. It, they're not up. That we just had that, oh, but who's federally. Up? Oh, federal. Well, yes, federal. Yeah, okay. but Congress. Okay. Um, but listen, the thing is that this is the governor's second term. He wants to run for president. So this is all about him trying to establish his anti-Second Amendment credentials, which I think are already pretty well established. But the thing is, he's so off base, he doesn't understand this nation. He's not ready for prime time, but he's going for broke. And But there's no logical connection between his proposals and what just happened. Okay, like regulating, you know, requiring you to store your guns in a lockbox separate from your ammo in a separate lockbox inside (laughs) your home, which violates the Second Amendment and the Heller decision, by the way, has nothing to do and wouldn't have had any impact on the tragedies that recently happened. So he's just desperate to pass this stuff. He's working furiously. So I think what gun owners can expect in New Jersey is he's going to try to use any excuse in the next couple of months to try to get momentum. And, you know, we are obviously doing a lot of work that's very quiet, but, to you know, to try to prevent that from happening. The other thing that I think is interesting about the governor is in some of his public comments, he knows there's a big decision coming from the U.S. Supreme Court. And reading between the lines, I think he's anticipating, you know, a win for us and a loss for his side. Yeah. And so he's already like he he is desperate to have something to counter what may be coming. So, Scott, a uh, couple of things. I know that like, you know, what's their name? Hawkshall and Adams. They're doing the same thing here. They're trying to, you know, 
create this hysteria and stuff to make a problem so so uh you know because they know the ruling is not going to be in their favor and before you get deeper into it a question for any of us uh historians out there have we ever had a man become president with worse teeth than governor murphy that would be something we should all we should all think about as as well too so but go ahead scott please continue <laughs> well you'd think with all those millions he could have them fixed but no i know i know it's a weird thing man it's weird <laughs> Well, okay, so listen, it's going to get to be a complicated summer because the governor has threatened to call a special session. Nor normally, legislators go on summer recess, so it's their version of summer vacation, and they have no you know, meetings of the legislature over the summer, but he, the governor has threatened to call them all in if necessary and have them just show up and do nothing all summer. Yep. You know, <laughs> if there is a positive decision on carry from the U.S. Supreme Court that impacts New Jersey gun law, and I know we're going to get into that in a minute, um, you know, he's going to be out for blood. I mean, he's also anticipating a potential major loss and is, is scrambling for anything to try to salvage his reputation. So, listen, it's... um. It's an ugly time right now, and all I can oh, say yeah. is thank, thank goodness the prevailing winds among the Dems have shifted slightly, at least for the moment. You know, like uh, at least till the next election, they're very tentative about, you know, angering, uh, you know, the general public. So, you know, normally they don't care. That's been, the, you know, for the last 20 years, they just ram everything down our throats and, you know... And we have to take it and deal right. with it and fight it in court for 10 years. And their their president is not helping that well, well either. <laughs> no, he's he's, he's killing them in the yeah, polls. Exactly. And uh, it, so so uh, for a lot of you that don't know, you know, ANJRPC, with, led by Scott, uh, we, we have our pulse on Trenton and kind of know what's going on and try to have the preparation and, you know, to fight any salvos that are coming out, and it's a daily uh, thing. That's why if you're not a member of ANJRPC, you should be. ANJRPC.org is definitely the way to go. Now, Scott, here's what happens to us, uh, and the rest of the show is dedicated for this, except for a few letters and sponsor stuff, but we're getting hit constantly, you know, about, oh, well, the Bruins going to pass. I want to come in. I want to qualify. I'm going to take an NRA course so that I can start carrying uh, in July or August. So I've been giving everybody the article that you wrote in the last uh, news and briefs about what can happen, what are we preparing for. And I also sent an email out with that attached to my staff, and I use it and I send it to customers because there's people that are trying to give us their money. I want to come in and do the same qualification as the police and have it so when the Bruin passes, I can go to the police department and apply for my carry permit. So we're trying to educate people and get them to understand, and that's why it's so imperative and important that you're on. You know, Mark Cheeseman and the guys have been sharing my last two or three shows. I've been opening every show with basically your article and your words and telling people, cool your jets, calm down. This is what's got to happen. This is what's going on. It's, it's just like we don't just click a switch. The Supreme Court comes out with a ruling that directly affects New York. That doesn't mean tomorrow, New Jersey, we're all constitutional carrying. So with that, I want to give you the floor and explain to everybody the way you did in our board meeting uh, on Zoom the other day with the ANGRPC and the way you wrote it so eloquently in your article. Take the floor, Mr. Bach. Okay, well, first thing, first things first, there is no guarantee that there's going to be a good decision in Bruin. Okay. Party pooper. Uh, for, per, 
for purposes of this discussion, I'm not going to go there because that that is like the end of the world type stuff if the Supreme Court rules against right to carry. But so for purposes of this discussion, let's assume we have a positive ruling. The first thing is it's a New York case. It's not a New Jersey case. So any opinion on the New York state law does not impact the New Jersey law does not automatically fall. We have to bring any positive ruling from the Supreme Court to New Jersey. And that can happen in any one of a number of ways. The most litigious way is if New Jersey shakes its fist in anger and says, well, you know, you know, make us. And AJRPC has already anticipated this. And we have a case that's been filed and sitting, waiting for over a year. Uh, it's on hold, uh, but it's a case um, that I know you're going to have Dan Schmutter on. He'll tell you more about it. But the, the purpose of that case is to bring or to f enforce a positive ruling in Bruin to New Jersey. Okay, now that's one of the worst case scenarios where, uh, okay, so, so, so that's number one. So people need to understand it's not automatically enforceable in New Jersey, it has to be brought here. The, the, okay, so one way is we for enforce it through the courts with a case we've had pending for over a year in anticipation of that. Another way is if New Jersey sees the handwriting on the wall and says, you know what, we're not going to fight this. Okay, and they could say that. The re one of the reasons they could say that is if the ruling in Bruin is broad and sweeping, it may have other implications. It may open up a flood of potential litigation on other issues, and they may want to just not continue to fight over an issue that's been resolved. Okay, so the thinking branches of government in New Jersey, the Attorney General, their office, their office of neutral attorneys. Okay, I'm not saying the office is neutral, but they do mm -hmm. have attorneys who are realists. The, the judiciary are realists, okay? The governor, the legislature, there are certainly going to be people who shake their fists in anger and call, you know, for the end of the world. But, um, so, any one of a number of other things could happen, assuming they realize the handwriting's on the wall and they don't want to fight, okay? One thing they could do, and this is not my favored option but one of the things they could do is say okay we see the handwriting on the wall let's rewrite an entirely brand new carry law in new jersey mm. okay now i don't want to see that done for a number of reasons um a it's going to be a political issue b the governor is going to try to horse trade and say well we'll do this if, if you, you agree to that um and you know additionally who knows what we're going to get Right. There could be an opinion of legislators or a feeling like, let's mess with these guys. Let's come right up to the line of what's constitutional and maybe go a tiny bit over and reset the clock. So they have to sue us all over again. And it's another 10 years before we resolve this. OK, actually, the thing that nobody's talking about, the, and in my opinion, the best possible outcome for everybody, both gun owners and the state of New Jersey Okay, okay, is this. Realize that New Jersey has an entire system of carry permitting that's already in place, that has been in place for decades. One component of that is the justifiable needs standard, which is at issue in the Bruin case. So 
if Bruin spells the end of justifiable need type, you know, you have to prove that you need to carry, a permit to carry, if it ends that, it doesn't have any impact on the rest of the existing structure of New Jersey carry permitting. And the argument is, we already have a system of training in place, you know, where the, the technical requirements are in place, the application process is in place, the government has a process for issuing permits. So the cleanest, simplest, easiest, and quickest um, outcome is everybody goes, okay, well, you know, we lost on justifiable need. The system will continue without justifiable, justifiable need. So, so as long as you satisfy the objective standard, everything else is already in place and nothing need be passed, nothing need be fought over. You just leave it as is with the understanding that justifiable need is no longer in effect. It's been essentially stricken. And the appeal of, of that for the government is that it, it's quick, it's clean, it's simple, it's immediate. Like there's going to be pressure from the attorney general and judges immediately. Like judges are going to get carry permit requests immediately before the government's decided what they're going to do. And judges who, you know, they're going to be between a rock and a hard place at that moment because the legislature hasn't spoken. Justifiable need will be in some limbo status until it's determined in Jersey. There may be personal liability on the part of judges who thwart the Bruin decision. So they're not going to want to touch it, okay? The attorney general could be anticipating that flood of litigation on other issues that Bruin opens the door to, and if they are, do, are they really going to want to have more lawsuits going into the future over right to carry? Okay, where we expect the most histrionics is from the governor's office. Um, I do expect some histrionics from both the House um, Assembly and Senate members. But remember, right now they are tamped down a little bit on the gun issue. So there may not be as must, as much fist shaking and there may be more room for sensible discussion so but but the big picture takeaway is a great ruling in Bruin does not is not self-enforcing in Jersey it doesn't mean you go out and get your permits and it doesn't mean you go out and get training okay now l let me just say if you want to be proactive and you're if you if you want to go and get training right now it's at your own risk okay and ANJRPC considered offered training according to the current standard but that assumes that the current standard will remain in effect. Correct. Okay, so if you do that, you could be taking, uh, you know, a state qualification course, and you could be wasting your time, energy, and money. Okay. Uh, on the other hand, is, you know, if that is the course of fire that is determined to be the standard, there's going to be a lot of people rushing to take that. And I know, <laughs> Anthony, you're, listen, your business and many other trainers are going to, you know, process thousands of people as quickly as possible but but there's doing it right now is you might be wasting your time effort and money if you know that and you don't care and you just in case then knock yourself out there's there's plenty of places you can do that including 
I am assuming gun for hire, Anthony. Yeah, um, that, we, you know, we, you'll offer that. And we've had people that won't take no for an answer, and they're coming and shoot the qualification course. And I'm not against anybody coming in and taking an NRA basic uh, pistol, rifle, or shotgun course anyway, because I believe everybody should learn all the rules, regulations, and tra- transport and everything. So I'm but, a huge advocate of any training you can get, obviously. Built my business and uh, my whole uh, gun for hire on training. It'll be, September will be 30 years. So have at it, everybody. But just remember, if you come and take that class or you come and do that qualification, three months from now, it, you might not be able to use it to apply for a carry permit. Yeah, so so just big picture, okay, the worst case scenario is we're in litigation after a good ruling where you have to fight and, you know, bite and claw and scratch to get New Jersey to recognize it, and we're in litigation, and they, you know, the legislature sh- and the governor shakes their fist and say over our dead body, you know, um, you know, we're looking at, you know, up to a year, maybe more than a year, maybe a couple of years. To, to force like they, they, that possibility is out there yeah. now ANJRPC and NRA by the way have been working on this for over a year we've analyzed we've, we've gamed it in every scenario we obviously don't want that to happen and we're doing everything in our power to steer this to, to the, the best outcome for gun owners but Nobody should be under the mistaken assumption that, you know, we get a great ruling and it's go out and carry time. Okay. There's going to be a lot to sort out. And it's, you know, uh, depending on how it goes with the government, and that means multiple branches, not just the governor and the legislature, Mm -hmm. um, depending on how it goes, it could be a few months. Well, it could be immediate if, if, you know, the AG puts out an opinion, for example. The AG could put out an opinion saying... Until anything further happens, you know, justifiable need is dead and the, you know, permitting shall continue as in current law except without justifiable need. Okay, it could do that. It could recommend that. But then the legislature could usurp that with a new, a new carry law. The governor has threatened, uh, like I said, that summer session just to pass his stuff. So he may he may be already anticipating this. This could be a very eventful summer uh, <laughs> coming up. So that, that's the big picture, Anthony. Um, I, if I was a betting man, I'd say we're going to get some sort of positive ruling on carry. We have to see the decision to analyze how deep it's going to go and, you know, how, how much, how many other issues it, it will affect. But I honestly, and I know Schmutter, Dan Schmutter will have more to say about this but listen the, there are many courts out there that have ignored the Heller and McDonald decisions for over 10 years they just pretend it doesn't exist they try have tried to rewrite the standard that's clearly articulated in Heller I expect that that uh, if the Supreme Court is a aware of that and B wants to address it they're gonna make their ruling pretty strong pretty um, not a lot of wiggle room in there. Like Tom, you know, they, the, Thomas has kind of alluded to this numerous times in public speakings and in writings where he was the majority where they didn't accept a 2A case where he was like, it, it's, it's long time due where we're, you know, we have to stop kicking the Second Amendment can down the road. 
So I believe, I, I'm hoping he's writing the majority opinion, and I know how Alito feels. And if anybody had listened uh, to when Paul Clement was arguing and you listened to when the justices were going back and forth, even Roberts was questioning how, you know, you can. they wanted us to have a carry in the woods, but you can't have a carry where it's densely populated like on a subway where you need it most. And we don't have geographical restrictions on any, and on, and on any other civil right. Am I correct? Well, the Supreme Court has, had, has said you can, on free speech, you can regulate time, place, and manner. Like, for example, of public demonstrations and stuff like that. So, you know, you're getting into an area where, listen, I don't think we're going to get a ruling that's, that's absolute. But I think we're, if I were the Supreme Court, okay, I think what's needed is a ruling that clearly articulates what the standard is, that clearly articulates what the standard of review of future cases is, because the you know the you know you've heard the whole strict scrutiny, intermediate scrutiny, and low yes. scrutiny. Okay, you know the standard set forth in in Heller has been ignored, or they've tried to stuff a lower standard into that standard, and I think the Supreme Court could very well make it very clear there is no f room to wiggle or to try to wriggle out of that standard. And and I think, yes, Anthony, I think you're right. That's, that's you know, I think, listen, I'm dealing from a perspective where I'm not 100% sure of anything, including whether the court's going to go our way, okay? But, but being a thinking person and th looking at the, you know, the tea leaves, it certainly seems like this. Listen, Anthony, you and I, you know, our whole lives we've waited for this moment. We've been working yep. for this moment. ANJRPC and NRA has tried three times to bring a carry case in New Jersey. Okay, we missed the window on this one just before the last pro-gun justice was appointed. And it was after that that the New York case was taken just after our last attempt fell. But that's fine. We, you know, as long as somebody gets of the proper vehicle there that's all that matters but but what we are facing right now this is the moment it's either going to happen for us or it's not and if it doesn't like i said i don't want to go there in this show we'll, we'll go there if we have to but but you know th i mean this is tectonic this is monumental this is like the holy grail this is the first issue sub issue of the second amendment since heller heller defined the broad right now this ruling is going to define the parameters for carry. And I have reason to believe there are neutral officials in the New Jersey government who believe Jersey's going to lose on this one. You know, that, that the Supreme Court is going to go the way of gun owners. And, and you know, they think things are going to go... There's going to be a flood of litigation, and they're going to, they believe they're going to be very, very busy in the future, and I think they'd rather put this one behind them. Scott, you touched on this, but what position does this put the Superior Court judges on? So, so the Supreme Court comes up with a ruling. Let's say it has to be ruled under strict scrutiny, et cetera, et cetera. So now I'm a Superior Court judge in Essex County, and I get a carry permit application. Can I, after that ruling kick one back down because I, I don't believe the person has justifiable need? Is it still a police officer or a prosecutor's job to deny that person? What what, what will happen to a, a permit like that? Well, okay. 
if the ruling is narrow, and I expect it's going to be as narrow as the court can make it because they don't like to rule I like the more way you broadly think. than they the need to. Okay. But if it's just on justifiable need, okay, the court is going to be faced with a choice. Judges are going to be faced with a choice. If they apply justifiable need, they may become personally liable for violating uh, the essence of a Supreme Court ruling, even yes. though it hasn't been brought to New Jersey yet. Gotcha. So they're going to be between a rock and a hard place, and uh, their choices are going to be, th like, I think the safe choice for, for you know, cowardly justices who don't want to, you know, don't want to face personal liability, but also don't want to mm. be bold, is they'll probably... The, the easy way out for them is to put a case before them on hold to delay and say, you know, I'm going to, you know, we're going to wait. We're going to put it on hold until, you know, until there's more, a more definitive ruling of what this means in New Jersey. Okay. So if I were such a judge who was like scared of my shadow, that's what I would do. I would, I would look to just put it on hold. So I doubt you're going to see judges, um, an anti-gun judge is not going to, like, pass through a carry permit before what we're doing has been defined. A pro -gun so they're going to hold it, probably. Well, they, we, now, a pro-gun judge who wants to be aggressive could say, listen, we already have a permitting law in place. There's no, there's no need to wait for anything new to be passed. The justifiable need is essentially dead. So I'm going to process this permit as if justifiable need doesn't exist. Love it. So permit granted. Now, but you ask, you know, will judges still be part of the decision-making process? And the answer to that is yes, because New Jersey's existing permitting system is not going to go away. The only thing that could go away is justifiable need. So, and that's part of why, you know, we think, you know, that that's the quickest, cleanest thing. Like, you know, let, let's not reinvent the wheel if we don't have to. If the government sees it's to everybody's benefit to just keep New Jersey's existing permitting system in place, then we should do that. Cool. When we come back, I got a prosecutor question for you. Are you still fighting crime the old-fashioned way? Now cut crime in half the time with a fast, easy money-saving solution. Introducing the Shipbaggerator. This year's all-new crime deterrence marvel from the makers of Gun For Hire Radio. The Shipbaggerator's compact design makes it quicker and easier to use than jail cells, parole boards, lethal injections, or those costly, outdated electric chairs. Just park your Shipbaggerator in the town square, open the lid, and drop the Shipbag in. It's that simple. There's no wrong way to use it. Back and forth, side to side, Round and round, ship bags go in and come out as a mound. Super sharp stainless steel blades that never need sharpening do all the work. Slice ship bags so thin they only have one side. Built strong to last, they slice through even the toughest ship bags. Murderers, rapists, child molesters, no problem. Just set it to high, and the ship baggerator's powerful patented motor will handle them three at a time. No muss, no fuss, no bogging down. Just pop the top, drop them in, and watch as the powerful counter-rotating blades pull any size ship bag through at two feet per second. Amazing! Cleanup is a breeze. Just rinse with a fire hose or run it through the car wash. 
There's even a pulse setting for serial offenders. Save up the worst and delight the crowds on the 4th of July. Who needs fireworks when you've got the ship baggerator? And it's portable, so you can take it anywhere. But wait, there's more. For a limited time, we'll send you four additional sets of special stainless steel blades that never need sharpening. So now you can chop, slice, dice, and cube. The ship baggerator and four specialty blades, all for the same low, low price. Unbelievable. So don't wait. Call and get yours today. The ship baggerator is available only at Gun for Hire Radio. Operators are standing by. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. I'm going to do some housekeeping right now. I hope I got you all thinking about what's going on here. This is the reason why we had Scott on, and we're going to be following up more with him in a minute. But a couple of things. Support those who support you. Marty's V-Burger, martysvburger.com. Mention Gun for Hire, Gun for Hire Radio. Get 20% off. You can also order it on martysvburger.com and pick it up at Freakin' Vegans on Freakin' Friday in Prospect Park, New Jersey. Uh, here we go. Decoding Firearms. John Petrolino is available on Amazon as well as here at Gun for Hire. The Gun Lawyer Podcast, exposing the truth about the laws designed to strip you of your freedoms. Gun Lawyer, Evan Knappen Show, check it out. 350 2A businesses, quarantinecrawl.com. Just got to put a few more businesses on there. Another dessert company, by the way. So check them out and support those who support you. Crime Proof, think like a criminal and beat them at their own game. Available crimeproofbook.com. Amazon, Kindle are at the range. My personal doctor, concierge medicine, optimal health wellness, nj.com. Dr. Joe Sambatero, check him out. Lake Island Rifle and Pistol Club is in Carteret, New Jersey. A good buddy of mine, NRA instructor, Tony Gallo, L-A-K-E-I-S.org. They're looking for members, they're looking for donations, and they're looking for children for their junior rifle teams. Okay. Uh, Zen Float Center on Park Avenue in Scotch Plains, zenfloatcenter.com. Ask for Sharon Decker. And again, the gun store is opening, soft uh, opening, 12 to 6 every day for the month of June, starting June 6th. And then July 5th, we kick off a grand opening where we're going to be giving away a ton of stuff and uh, extending our hours. My guy, Mike Candido, Gun for Hire alumni from Forever, Platinum member, said, J-Factor, great show, by the way. Joey Grimaldi signed up for our uh, class, the Stop the Bleed class, after uh, we got the email from Gun for Hire gentleman using um, stuff that he learned in my book to hopefully help save his life, which uh, he was able to write that email. So God bless. Bless him. So, Scott, my question to you. Uh, it, right now, in our carry permit scheme in New Jersey, sometimes a police chief will deny it, you know, based on the law and public safety clause. But most of the time, the prosecutor denies it. How does, you know, if we get a, 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 as narrow a ruling as we think we can with Bruin, does this also put prosecutors in an uncomfortable position like it's going to put uh, judges in an uncomfortable position? Absolutely it does. But just to clarify, uh, prosecutors don't make the decision. They have a chance to influence the judge who makes the decision. So the prosecutors okay. called in. They, oh, okay, but 
Yeah, that's going to put them between a rock and a hard place because a prosecutor is a lawyer and lawyers have an ethical obligation to follow the law. If a justifiable need has been stricken, uh, it would be sanctionable, which is a special word that means punishable to lawyers, right, to advocate something that clearly has been stricken down by the U.S. Supreme Court. So, you know, if a prosecutor... A prosecutor opposing an application for a handgun carry permit would have to try to find some other basis, okay, that, that's outside of justifiable need. So they would, for example, okay, if somebody um, was convicted of a crime 30 years ago that would be a um, disqualifying offense, they can bring that up. So, in other words, all the normal objective disqualifiers would still in play, be in place. What would be absent, what they wouldn't be able to do is to have that fuzzy, you know, we just don't feel right, you know, mm-hmm. this person shouldn't have guns mm-hmm. because we don't think so. Okay. Um, so, I don't know if that answers your question. But no, that's, that, uh, that, that's that answers my question. See, I never thought about, until we had that Zoom meeting the other night, about the angle where it puts a judge in, a, in an uncomfortable position. Because I'm so used to being, you know, we have this, this battered uh, 2A uh, syndrome in New Jersey where we know everybody's against us. But now, after we get a Supreme Court ruling, if it's favorable and Thomas writes the majority, God bless, I hope so, and it's kind of uh, narrow – I just didn't never realize that judges were are going to be under this kind of pressure, and I love the fact that we have a case on hold right now. We also have the the mag cases on hold as well. Am I correct? Yes, we we listen. We've been ANJRPC has been wargaming this in great detail among a lot of different highly qualified people, including Dan Schmutter, who will be on to give his take on this. But um, yeah, it's there. Listen, it's um, there's a lot of tentacles to this thing it could go a lot of different ways depending on what the decision is we have identified pretty much every possible scenario we've wargamed every possible scenario we've gotten into issues like how do we nudge it without over nudging it because there are lawmakers in trenton who will just do the opposite of anything we suggest so it's you know it's both science and art and Listen, we have a lot of great minds working on this, and gun owners just need to have the right expectations, okay? Things could go very well very quickly, or things could be delayed, and, you know, we could be looking at more of the same for for a while. And we're doing everything we can to, to, to get it going in the right direction. Don't expect lawmakers to do the right thing because they want to. They're going to do it because they have to. Exactly. Now, what does this do? We get a lot of, I have a lot of customers that come to the range and a lot of listeners. What does it do for New York? You know, making some assumptions here, though. Well, like, assuming so New the case, yeah, yeah go ahead. assuming the case goes well, it will effectively kill the equivalent of justifiable need in New York, and that will be immediately effective and enforceable because it would be an opinion on the specific New York law. And New York would then be faced with the same issues we are. Okay, now their, you know, they don't. Their permitting system is a little different. I don't, I don't know all the nuances of it, but I don't think the standard is uniform statewide. Mm-hmm. It will have a huge impact in New York City. Okay, different than the impact in New York State, where it depends, you know, county to county and city to city. You know, there are some places where it won't make any difference because. Uh, 
you know, they freely give out permits, carry permits. Then there are counties it's somewhere in the middle, and then there's New York City, which is, you know, kind of like New Jersey. So, um, but it will be immediately enforceable, and everybody's, all the, lo the law, the breadth of lawmakers, from judges to prosecutors to attorneys general to legislators and the governor are going to need to immediately address it, and they have the same options. They can, you know, we try to rewrite the law statewide. They can, you know, New York City is its own jurisdiction. And New York City is going to be forced into, <laughs> into, you know, something. So it's it's hard to tell until we know the scope of the decision. But the, the difference is instead of t the potential of having to bite and scratch and kick to get it enforced in New York, it will be immediately enforceable in New York. And wow. There, you know, listen, there are arguments from other cases where, well, you know, oh, uh, can you stay this, please, for a year or two before we have to act while we get our act together and figure out what we're going to do? The difference is in those cases, there was no law in place, and, and it had to be created from scratch. In New York and New Jersey, there's a lot of carry laws in place, and the Supreme Court's decision, if it goes our way, is not going to strike the laws themselves, only one component of it. So the argument that we need time won't play. to rethink it doesn't apply. So you've been saying this for years. Something you've been saying for a long time is New Jersey's reluctance to open the, the faucet just a little bit for carry permits was going to backfire on it someday. You still feeling that way? Um. Yeah, I, I still f do feel that way. But listen, there's a universe beyond the Bruin case. And the more they dig their heels in, the more extreme and uncompromising and unbending and refusing to respect the Second Amendment they are, the better it's going to be in the long run when we challenge these laws. So I, I actually really do think that. Anthony, I, so. I, I agree with you, too, because it, it has to. Because, you know, I know one of the things the governor's pissed off at. He doesn't want us to be able to afford the same protection for ourselves and our family that he has for himself and his family. I get it with the whole three-tier thing, and he's the elite. You know, he has his state police uniformed and uh, plain clothes detail and everything. And it, it, he shudders at the fact that we, the unwashed masses, should be able to protect our kids in school and everything. Um, so it, it's interesting that it's going to, you know, hopefully that they've taken such an iron fist for so long that it is going to backfire. And, and I'm proud to be on the on the uh, crew of people like you and me and Evan and Dan and, you know, going back to David Jensen. And remember when Mark Cheeseman, they, they self-funded their case. And there's been other cases in New Jersey. And what were the three cases in New Jersey? Uh, read them off, Scott, so people know well, how a little I history. I actually, well. The, well, Drake. First, yeah. I, I, the, Pantano. Listen. The bottom line, I don't remember the names of all oh. of them, okay? I got hundreds I of cases in my head. Well, God, what's the way? Okay, well, what was it? Drake, one. Pantano, and I can't think of the other one. Man, it's Dan killing me. Dan Schmutter will give you the names yeah, of the Yeah, next cases. week. What but, I will tell you is the first case picked extreme cases of people who were denied. And, you know, the second case pick also picked extreme cases. The third case was different, and it took average people who were denied, which is closer to what the Second Amendment means. It's you don't have to be special or have an extreme circumstance. We literally missed being the one by months on that. If uh, Amy Coney Barrett had yep. been appointed like two months before, cert would probably have been granted in our case. The Supreme Court would have agreed to take it up. 
So, listen, <laughs> it's a crazy fight. It's going to go, the fight's going to go on. There are going to be people that rail at a positive decision. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, the more cynical among us, and I am one of them, <laughs> um, you know, we'll we'll look at the activity, the recent tragedies that have occurred. Yeah. You know, it's amazing that they've suddenly started up. Yep. You know, and, and, you know, they're coming, you know, fast and furious after a long lull. And it's, you know, quite a coincidence that the one happened in the same place. An annual meeting of a, a large gun rights organization was taking place within days of that meeting. Yep. There's a lot of strange coincidences out there. And, and, and it's just the cycle of blame and solutions, too, when the mass shootings come up. But we've now, we've gone full board uh, lawless society here, you know, with with criminals and the way we treat mental health and revolving door catch and release system. You know, I mean, people are just getting stabbed at random in, in New York. And, you know, these, these young kids today, after two years of COVID lockdown, and we have red flags and we have Nick's checks and everything, but no one's crossing the T's or dotting the I's in the government. So so of course we 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 ask for more of what we're doing that's not working because that will somehow make it better. Listen, I I predict the Bruin case is going to be a wake up and smell the Constitution moment. That you know it. that's good. That's going to you know it's going to give a wake up call to to these statists and elite and ruling class that that are trying to move us away from self governance and more to a world system of dictatorship okay i mean these things are real there you know if we don't see that by now after the last few years you know there's a reason the constitution was written the way it was there's a reason for the second amendment and if there's a reason two a haters are trying to extinguish it with everything they've got and um you know this is going to be a very critical decision at a critical moment in time it's um you know, it's unfortunate it's taken this long to to get what we hope will be a great decision from the court on this issue. Because you know, we're as a as a nation, as a world, we're very far down, in my opinion, a wrong path. But um, you know, this if this goes the way I think it's going to go, it's going to be a a step in trying to move things in a different direction and a better direction. Yeah, the 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 elites are not going to be happy. Uh, with this ruling for sure, especially, you know, on this coast over here in New York, because they pretty much have a good stranglehold in California. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Well, let's just sign an international treaty and then uh, then huh. U.S. law doesn't apply. The Constitution doesn't apply. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that almost happened. Go there. <laughs> I, I know. But it almost happened. But there's but, still uh, time. Every, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, Thomas is uh, pissed off. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he's pissed off right now. And he's been waiting for this case for a long time. And listen, Gorsuch is a pretty good libertarian. I think he's going to be okay with it. I think Barrett's going to be okay. Kavanaugh, hmm, wishy-wishy. Alito, I think, is going to be extremely strong with it. Uh, so, and I know, I, originally I thought it was going to be 6-3. But after the last couple of rulings with Roberts, I think the Supreme Court ruling is going to be 5-4 on this case. Don't don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. I mean, a lot has changed in the last month. You know, the stuff that happened, you know, with the abortion case has, you know, uh, listen, what that's done is it's put a lot of pressure on the justices. And, uh, you know, let's pray that they are strong willed and they're not subject to that kind of manipulation. 
you know, there's a lot of political people who, you know, the, you know, they move whichever way the wind blows. Yep. And uh, we, we have to hope that even the perceived conservative justices are going to have a really strong backbone. I mean, you know, I mean, I did a lot of thinking about this and it's the timing of what happened on the abortion issue, the, that leak of that document, you know, has had and has the potential to influence the outcome of the Bruin decision mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. because, you know, if, you know, if the court is, is lurching rightward, it's going to stir up a lot of societal angst and, you know, maybe there's a pressure to tamp it down a little bit. Okay, now I have to believe that at least among the current majority of justices, there is a strong will and it's not, you know, they're not going to be subject to the changes and moods of popular will. Although, actually, I do think there's a lot more popular will in favor of the Second Amendment than against it, despite what you see in the mainstream media. I I agree. I agree. I get people all the time here, New York metropolitan area people, that a lot of them are are liberals, you know, Uh, like they they have a lot of liberal leanings. Sandy is that way as well, right? Yeah. You there still? Yep. So I I think it's interesting, but uh, uh, what was a big lesson Scott, for a lot of people, was the COVID lockdowns for two two years and, you know, defund the police and the rioting on the streets. And so many people that were fed the corporate media dialogue actually went out to buy a gun without filling out any paperwork. They just walked into a gun store and said, hi, I'm Joe. I want to buy a gun. And then they were told, did you go get your FID card? Did you do this? And they were like, no, when did this start? So it's been, you know, I've, I've heard that hundreds of times in the past three years, Scott, where people were like, wow, I thought you could just go in and buy a gun with your driver's license. I was treated like a criminal. It took six months. I had to fill out all this paperwork, and the law says 30 days and this and that. So, you know, these hundreds of thousands or if not millions of new gun owners that are that are not, at, not now out there, they also know that they've been lied to for all of these years. But, but now pretend for a second that you're a Canadian resident. And or you're an Australian resident where where guns have been banned for a long time. And now Trudeau just came out with his proclamation and pronouncement that we're going to suspend handgun sales. Now it becomes clearer why the Second Amendment exists. Yep. Okay. Those who lost that freedom 20 years ago or 30 years ago are now seeing the end result of that. They're helpless against tyrannical, overbearing, misguided governments. We still have our Second Amendment. We need to cling to it. We need to uphold it and support it. We need to nourish it and enrich it and make sure everybody on all political sides uh, respects it. You know, Scott, I recently had dinner with a a few friends who are both Italian and came to America through uh, Canada and where they lived for about 20 years or so. And... Both are, you know, one is kind of, uh, you know, in between, and the other one is pretty much very angry about what happened, you know, with the school shootings and, and doesn't understand the whole Second Amendment issue and doesn't understand why anyone would even want to have firearms and why can't we do away with all these things. And, um, you know, a lot of the people from, a lot of people from Canada, I wonder, generations ago and, and again the, the, the fellow i'm speaking about is is about our age so you know a number of years of living under that uh system i guess where firearms and freedoms and and whatnot have eroded over the years 
Do you think it's just that they become numb to it and it just slips away from them unknowingly or unwittingly? Personally, I think they've been brainwashed. Yeah. I think, I think, and I don't mean that in the, you know, in a clinical sense. What, you know, what I mean is that if you live in, I mean, listen, it would be great if we could eradicate disease too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. In other words, um, when you're told only one side of the story your whole life. Yeah, right. That's all you can relate to. Okay. And, you know, as you know, Sandy, most people walk through life without noticing, without thinking about the big picture and asking questions. Okay. To somebody who hasn't, has never thought it through, the idea of a world without, uh, without weapons is a, is a, uh, you know, like a fantasy world of uh, rainbows and unicorns and Mm -hmm. everything's perfect. We don't live in that world. And people, nor will we ever, nor will we ever. Oh, well, some (laughs) people think that will change at some point, but, but listen for the world, the way it is now, listen, you never, people have their beliefs. They're ingrained since they're young so you don't question right not everybody responds immediately upon hearing the truth some people have to go through the experience of experiencing an issue and going okay now i get it you know having an emergency having Mm -hmm. somebody hold a knife to their throat that would have they would have been able to prevent you know but in a isolated sterile environment of people who are too busy to think or too tired to think well, it sounds like, yeah, just get rid of them. Just get rid of them, and that'll solve the problem. Okay? It takes 30 seconds of thought to get beyond that, but most people don't. Right. Or won't think beyond that. And, I, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's good for them. They have a happy life. But when you wake up and you realize what life is and what it's about, and, I mean, listen, in nature, we find many, many creatures equipped with defensive implements that are designed to do only one thing and that's to stop an attacker yes yes humans don't have that right you know firearms are uh, um a necessary thing and before and, that uh, we had knives and before that we had clubs and before and that we, we had catapults that and and where you would take uh, uh, uh infected bodies and fling them over the wall we so, don't live in a perfect world. We live in right. a world with evil people, right. people trying to dominate others, people trying to exterminate others. How can you not be prepared to defend yourself or others in a world like this? Well, are we going to just give up the, the necessary and rational tools of self-protection to meet somebody's fantasy of what the world should be? Right. I don't think so. I just think right. there's been a mass uh delusion about this i don't personally think it's been an accident i think people are conditioned this way i think there is a a, an agenda that wants to eradicate private gun ownership and the purpose of that is so you can dominate you can't dominate an armed people and i think that's i really you know there was a time i wondered about that but i've seen enough and lived enough in this world and seen enough particularly in the last few years to see it in practice, to see unthinkable things and actions of government take place completely outside the realm of ownership. Yes. Just in terms of the ability, the, the desire to dominate and control human behavior and, and repress human behavior, that um, it's um, not an accident that there are forces trying really, really hard for decades to eradicate the ability 
of lawful citizens to have tools to protect themselves individually and collectively. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And this past two years has shown us that and has shown oh, yeah. us the de- desire of the government to control everything that we do and the extent to which they will go and the lies they will tell in order to dominate and control the citizenry. And the actions they'll take. Yes. And what bothers me is how easily society bends toward that. In a heart. You're still driving around alone in cars with masks on. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, people have been conditioned this way. That's not an accident. People have been, my opinion, people have been uh, conditioned to be Obedient. Yes, you're, and, you know, you're right. Because most and, of us are law-abiding, correct? And, and, and I, very, I guess the criminal element of, you know, you being an attorney, you would know better. The, the criminal element, to me, is, 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 the, is the aberration. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So, Although not these days. But not these days. No, no. But, yeah, I mean, I think, I think They're in the right. state in houses, a, yeah. Listen, in a normal free society where people are not downtrodden, oppressed, and controlled, I think natural human consciousness understands these things. But I think we're dealing with, I don't think it's an accident that people have been dumbed down and conditioned to respond and behave. And, you know, we're seeing the end result of that. You know, somebody says, you know, march, and there's a certain segment of the population that stands up and marches just automatically because the government said, said it, so it must be right. Right. Regardless of what they might even know, I mean, even professionals in a particular uh, profession, you, you know, members of a particular profession, um, and not idiots, uh, will will bend and ignore what they know to be is true science, uh, just to go along to get along. Feeling is stronger than thought. Absolutely. You know. Scott, can you tell us uh, what people can do to stay uh, aware, what they can do to help, donate, what, what avenues and stuff? You, you're, you're a good salesman for this. Hit okay, me. The, the <laughs> I'm actually a bad salesman. but I know. But, it um, was a joke. The, the first thing is you, you've got to stay up on what's going on. And, you know, through this show and Anthony and his email blast and ANJRPC, uh, you know, we are dedicated to putting timely information out at ANJRPC. Please subscribe to our free email alerts. Go to ANJRPC.org, and there's a tab on the homepage where you can subscribe. You get on our email list, and we will tell you the moment there's something happening. Um, in fact, Anthony, we're going to be broadcasting that segment from our Zoom board meeting that inspired you, uh, you know, to, to put the article out. Great. Um, just so we, we want this information out. So, so number one, please subscribe to our email alerts. Number two, if you can donate, donate to your 2A organization of choice. Please donate to ANJ, RPC, NRA, or whoever you support. It's a team effort. We're all on the same side of this issue. Um, but I'll tell you what, more than anything right now, okay, more even than money is we need... We need people to pray for a positive outcome. I know that may seem funny, but I I think everything makes a difference. We need people to stay tuned. We need people to be ready for anything, including the possibility that the issue is going to linger longer than we all want it to. Um, And uh, we need a positive outcome. We need New Jersey lawmakers not to go ballistic and just shake their fists in anger and just try to mess with us from there. We need them to do the sensible thing for 
legal gun owners and for the state, and that's to get be done with this fight and put us put it behind us and not extend it for years and years and years. And, you know, have the educated arguments in your quiver, ladies and gentlemen, because the antis are going to come at you. They're going to say, well, it's going to turn New Jersey into the Wild West. And you're going to use the same thing Paul Clement said, Miami, Houston, Texas, Orlando, all of these densely populated cities have been allowing carry for their law-abiding citizens for 30, 40 years. If people were shooting at each other over parking spaces or road rage on an hourly basis, believe me, the media would let us know about yes, it. Yes, they okay? sure would. So that should be an argument. Go ahead, Scott. We also need to not just make intellectual arguments. We need to make emotional arguments. Mm-hmm. The woman yeah. in a parking mm-hmm. lot, the single mother in a parking lot, okay, go, you know, alone in a parking lot going home from work late at night who was attacked by a rapist shouldn't be prevented from defending herself, okay? The, you know, the person, well, this doesn't apply to this case, but the person whose doors kicked in at 3 in the morning shouldn't have to go unlock three locks and load their gun in order to defend themselves. This is about protecting people's lives and safety. This is about life. This is about protecting life and not becoming a victim to barbarians. So, Boy, was that well put. Yeah, it's emotion, wow. too, not just intellectual. ANJRPC.org. Donate, join, get on the newsletter. Scott Back, Scott Bach will be on again <laughs> after uh, Scott Back. Scott Back will be Bach, or Scott Bach <laughs> will be back after we get the ruling to rule uh, and give us some more information on that. Please, Tony Simon is back this Thursday, June 9th. The second is for everyone. Attenzia, pen and knife class. Next class is July 4th. The June class sold out. Sunday, July 4th. Urban Pistol uh, is Urban Pistol 1, Holster Draw. Everything is on the schedule. Utah carry classes at Cherry Ridge. And the Long Range Pistol class, one more slot for the June 17th and 18th class, shooting out to 1,000 yards. Then we'll open up the August class. ANJRPC.org. I'm going to Sandy to you. Well, it looks like you've done it again. You've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun For Hire Radio. Gun For Hire Radio is a counterthink media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, author of Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game, available anywhere you get books. And if you go into the range, he still may sign it. Maybe. Maybe. Well, uh, Scott, thank you so much for being with us. Great to be here. Giving all the great information you did. From the gold buckle of the thermal belt and the beautiful Carolina foothills, <laughs> God willing, Jesus tarries and the batteries hold out. We will see you again next week. Carolina.